Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you joining me. Love all of you who write in and tell me what you're thinking and tell me how you want to discuss and process things. And I love the community that we're building. And also, of course, love the impact that we're having. When we talk about important things, we've got people in Congress, we've got people in Parliament, we've got people in state legislatures, we've got police, we've got military, we've got security forces, uh, we've got thought leaders. I'm really pleased uh, at what we're seeing happen with people who are listening to this podcast. I'm not assuming I'm creating all those thoughts and all those good intentions, but I'm certainly happy to be feeding them. I want to talk to you in this podcast about something that is increasingly of concern to me. I've known about it for years. I've cared about it, uh, but it is becoming a, a worse problem than ever. And it's something we all need to be aware of and start providing solutions for. I want to talk to you about trafficking, sex trafficking in the world. It's such a huge problem that many of us are hard, have hard-pressed to get our minds around it. And also, by the way, it's very, very underground in the United States, as opposed to other countries where it's more above ground. And so people aren't paying as much attention to it. But let me just set up the problem here a little bit and tell you what's going on. If I, I would probably shock you if I told you that there are approximately 20 to 30 million slaves in the world today. We pride ourselves on our civil wars and our civil rights movements and our anti-slavery campaigns through the years, our abolition movements. But the fact is there are 20 to 30 million slaves in the world every day. The U.S. government uses the word, the number 56 million for how many people are being trafficked in the world today. I'll come back to what that word means in just a minute. I use a slightly more conservative number, and I work with a couple of organizations I'm going to tell you about, but I use a slightly more conservative number because I don't want to be caught exaggerating in any way. So I'm going to be using the number 48 million. Just for a moment, think about what that means. That means that approximately a seventh of the people in the United States and I'm just using this as a comparison, uh, as many as a seventh of the entire U.S. population is being trafficked in the world. Pretty stunning. The U.S. State Department says that 600,000 to 800,000 people are being trafficked across international borders every year. Now listen to this. 80% are female, obviously sex trafficking, and half are children. I want you just to think about that for just a moment. Half of that 600,000 to 800,000 who are being trafficked across international borders are children. So that could be as much as 400,000 children being trafficked across international borders every year. And I don't want to be too dark and graphic, but I need to say that a good chunk of that, a good portion of that is sex trafficking of children. I have a dear friend whose name is Kimberly Westfall. I'll be talking more about her and the organization she's starting called Uncage that I'm going to help with. Um, but she has a phrase that is really chilling, but it helps us get our minds focused on what's going on here. It's the phrase really that launched her into founding Uncaged, and it is children in cages. Now, if that sounds extreme, if that sounds like, like oh, that couldn't happen today, trust me, it is happening today. 
It absolutely is. And according to most experts, about 80% of all trafficking involves sexual exploitation. About 19% involves labor exploitation. So we're talking about 48 million people worldwide in some kind of trafficking. We're talking about hundreds of thousands crossing international borders every year. We're talking about half of those who are crossing international borders every year being children, and the vast majority of them being trafficked for sexual purposes. So women and children are the ones being trafficked and essentially being held as slaves. Now, I know increasing amounts about this because I'm starting to help Uncaged. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to support them. Bev and I are uh, very much with them in what they're doing. I'm not doing this podcast necessarily to sell you on un- the Uncaged organization, but I am learning more, and I'm going to be bringing some of the information that uh, that I learned by working with them to you because I want you to be aware of it. I want you to be uh, on guard. I want you to help correct this horrible, horrible uh, aberration, this vile networking uh, called sexual trafficking in our world. But consider this for just a moment. Sex trafficking brings in in the world financially $150 billion. Now, just to get your mind around that, maybe get some perspective on it, that's more than the intake of the t- largest five companies in the world, $150 billion. So the top five companies in the world don't take in quite that much. It's, it's pretty stunning, pretty stunning. And we're, we're talking about situations where women and children are captured. We'll talk, come back to that in just a moment. Uh, they're captured. They're moved somewhere remote. Uh, they are threatened. They are forced into prostitution. They are forced into thievery. They are forced to earn money. Uh, Even in some cases that I've heard about recently through being mimes on the streets of Italy and so on. Um, And then they are taken back to absolute hovels, often chained. In one case, I know where the woman was not making enough money during the day in, in in being a mime in Italy. Her husband was chained to a radiator in the room and was forced to watch while men uh, had sex with his wife. Then, of course, they're all put back on the streets to earn a ridiculous amount of money. And if they don't, then uh, again, this, the, that scene, that horrible scene in the bedroom repeats itself. You have children literally in cages. You have women in absolute hovels grouped together 20, 30 at a time, um, basically run by violent pimps. Uh, these are people from all over the world. And I, and I want to bring this home because my, my, I'm, and I apologize to those of you outside of the U.S. listening to this. Just for a moment, let me talk to the Americans because Americans feel like we're free of that. Uh, Americans feel like that's not something that's really happening here. That's happening in darkest Africa or Asia or third world countries. And it's absolutely not true. Uh, let me assure you that girls are being trafficked who were captured at malls in the United States. Now, that shouldn't make us care more about it, but at least it puts it in your backyard if you're an American. I'm trying to get Americans to feel about this. Um, girls are, are have been approached in malls. Men have said, oh, you're pretty. You could be a model. Here's my card. I represent a modeling agency. Somehow get these girls through lies and, and, and manipulation and all kinds of inducements uh, into a van in the parking lot. And then, of course, you've seen things like like this in the movies. They're hauled off, they're taken to foreign countries, and they are trafficked. 
this has been the theme of some movies of late, Taken with ne- Liam Neeson. Uh, some of you have seen that was a, a, an expose of trafficking to some extent, but it's on a vast, vast scale. And I'm going to sound a bit racist here. Of course, I hope you know that I'm the opposite of this. But I want to say for those of you who might think that you and your ethnicity and your skin color are free of this, it's not true. Every skin color is trafficked. Uh, Every ethnicity is trafficked. Uh, People from all nations are trafficked. And... um, It just is in the U.S. It's kept below the surface. But we can prove that girls who were taken while they were at the mall with a bunch of giggly 16-year-olds ended up in absolute vile circumstances on the other side of the world. Now, again, I'm not saying that's the reason we should all care about it because American girls are sometimes picked up. But I do want to bring the battle home to Americans who are listening to me because, again, when you talk about sex trafficking, people tend to think that this is what's happening, you know, in Bangkok or something or, or, or something that's happening in, in the sex hovels of, Thai, of uh, the Philippines and, uh, or Thailand, and that's just simply not the case. Uh, it is happening there, but it's happening all over the world. Now, we also find out as we start to work with, uh, to solve this, that the traffickers are smart, they're, they're well-financed, in many cases they're well-educated. I mean, this is basically a, a global mafia network. And so sometimes, and I, I absolutely do not mean, mean to cast suspicion upon all those who are trying to do good in governments and social service agencies, but we know that the traffickers place their people in those agencies as well. We know that in some nations, uh, traffickers, those employed by the traffickers, serving the purposes of the traffickers, are in the child care agencies, are in the adoption agencies, are in the foster care agencies. I'm speaking broadly now. I mean, foster care type things around the world, not uniquely American foster care. And uh, so they are often put back in. Let me tell you the thing that's really sad to me. When women are taken out of trafficking, when they are actually rescued by police, private agencies, whoever, many times there's no organization to help restore them. There's no organization to help them heal and recover themselves and learn skills and be and be able to live openly and free on the free market and, and, and earn, earn a living. So there's no one on the outside to help them. They can be rescued, but then they're just put back on the streets or maybe even sent back to the families that served them up in the first place. One of the tragedies of this uh, this whole issue is that it's often families, impoverished families, who give up the women in their families, who give up the children, uh, sell them essentially uh, for trafficking of, of various kinds. So women who are rescued from trafficking sometimes are sent back to those very families who sold them in the first place. And what they'll do then is they'll feel better taken care of, not loved, but better taken care of by their pimps. And so almost Almost half of them who are rescued end up back in trafficking voluntarily. They have no place else to go. Who else is going to feed them? Who else is going to protect them? Who else is going to make sure that they're basically safe? Basically. Now, it's a vile kind of sick Uh, way of thinking about care. But if it's the only thing you have the best that you know, then once you're rescued, yeah, you might very well choose to go back. And we're learning that almost half of those who are rescued go right back into trafficking. 
Now, this is, again, I want to say this is not some remote situation. It's not unique only to third world countries. It's not unique only to uh, the famous sex markets in the world. Uh, those of you who follow football or read the news in, in the U.S. know that just after the Patriots won the Super Bowl this year, their owner, Robert Kraft, was caught up in a police dragnet and a police sting um, and was uh, and was charged with uh, several infractions of sexual of laws governing sex. But what's often missed in this story is that the dragnet, the sting that he was caught up in was a police sting against trafficking. He was having sex with girls who were being trafficked and this within a few days of winning the Super Bowl. So think about this. Um, if you wonder if trafficking um, is present much in the West, if it's present much in the U.S. Here is a, an unbelievably wealthy man who's just won the Super Bowl yet again. The team he owns has won the Super Bowl, but within a few days, he's having what I assume to be celebratory sex, uh, but he's doing it at a place where women are being trafficked, and therefore there's a police sting, there's an investigation going on, and he gets caught in a quote-unquote spa um, having sex with people who are being trafficked. Now, I'm sure he thought he was just, you know, hiring prostitutes uh, that may have been, he may have thought it was illegal, but he didn't think he was, you know, participating in some global mafia situation. Um, as much as that, by the way, just the hiring of prostitutes, of course, is an immoral act. But nevertheless, he didn't think he was contributing or be, or part of trafficking, but he was. And he was in a high-end spa, quote-unquote spa, um, and of course it was humiliating to him, but the, my point is a man like that even can contribute and be financing trafficking without even knowing it. It's become so common uh, that my airline, Delta, and I don't say that because I have any financial connection to them, I just fly them, but my airline of choice, Delta, actually trains its flight attendants to look for people who might be trafficking. If a guy who looks like me is traveling with a young girl who doesn't seem to be um, you know, a relative and there's a little bit of maybe control or dominance going on right there in the plane seat, um, you know, I can't go through all the things, obviously, that Delta teaches its staff, uh, its employees, but they're being trained to do that. Other airlines are being trained to do that. I've had, I have friends. Um, I have white friends who have African-American children. I have black friends who have white children and they often get stopped. And quite frankly, they're glad they are stopped. They're perfectly happy to have the, um, the flight attendants say, sir, I don't mean to be offensive, but we, we are very careful about trafficking. Would you prove please that this is your daughter or would you verify please that you are related or, you know, things like that. And I, they welcome it. My friends welcome it. White, black, others, uh, Asian friends. I've got an Asian friend who's got a black daughter, uh, thrilled for all of it. But yeah, there people are on, on the watch these days for anything that doesn't look like a natural biological connection. And, um, and that's because trafficking, we've got to stop this trafficking. So I'm going to be talking about this more as we go forward. I want you to be aware of it. I want you to read the stories about it. It's unpleasant. It's vile. It's nasty. Um, but it's right here in our faces, so to speak. I mean, again, the owner of the Super Bowl winning Patriots was essentially contributing to trafficking without even knowing it. Um, the airlines are watching for it. Schools are watching for it. Every kind of helping agency is watching for it. I've been told by experts, I don't know, know this particular fact firsthand, obviously, but I've been told by experts that some people misuse foster care and end up feeding children into trafficking. Can you imagine? 
So we're talking about children. We're talking about women. We're talking about people who are defenseless. We're talking about people who are taken out of restaurants and malls and off the streets and from the hands of their own parents who are selling them. It's a vile, evil system, no matter your ethical system, no matter uh, your religion. All of us know that this is an evil and it's got to stop. And by the way, I want to, I, I say this because I, as you, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm quite an advocate for men and constantly challenging men to be better men. And I've got a whole, uh, you know, podcast, books, website, greatman.tv, speaking to men constantly. So I'm not going to hide from the fact that much of what's driving this is men and their sexual drives. Most of what's driving sex trafficking worldwide is men and their perverse sexual drives. And so let's keep that in mind now as we attack this, that if there were no market, there would be no trafficking. There is a market, and it's a global market for men who want to have vile intercourse with captured women and underage children. And that's what's creating this market. So you might ask what you can do about it. The first thing you can do is get educated. I'm going to be talking to you more. I'll be talking to you about some organizations I'm involved in. It's not going to become the main theme of this podcast, but I will keep it front and center because while we're distracted with the latest things in D.C. or distracts it with Brexit or distracted with other uh, of the of sort of news dominating issues these days, much more important, much more vile is the fact that 48 million people worldwide, that's larger than some countries, 48 million people worldwide are being trafficked and are essentially slaves, and there are children in cages in our world. It's time for that to stop. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.